Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, coming to you again out of our studios in Dallas, Texas. Happy to be with my new friend, Bill Woodich. Bill, welcome in the studio. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. We had a good time at dinner last we had night, a fan, right? Fantastic time. Thank you. <laughs> was that 20 that you dropped, was it really your 20 or did it come from the painting? I think it came from the painting, it came from the wall. Oh, I don't know why, I don't know how this happened, but we're in this high end Dallas steakhouse and the one of the servers come, came over and said, excuse me, sir, you are dropping money on the floor. And Matt looks at me. It's the first time he met Matt. Matt said, um, are you made of this stuff? No, no. I think it came from the painting. And right. And we so told the guy, okay. check the painting when we all leave. Right. Just, I guarantee you that guy took the painting off the wall. Watch where I walk. <laughs> that was my ride home. But thankfully, you gave me a ride home. So I didn't need the 20. Look, I'm happy to have you in it. I mean, for so many reasons to be in the studio with me. But, but, you know, there's something weird has occurred. I mean, and Rudy, you'll get a kick out of this. But this is the first time that I'm the second best looking guy in this studio. Okay? <laughs> no. Right, Rudy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> for those of you who uh, want to watch it on, on YouTube, you will see Bill. Bill is in unbelievable shape. Tell me what your physical routine is, Bill, because right. you are in great shape. Uh, Matt and I were talking, we talked about this last night, so we, we talked about what the discipline is, what it really takes to be able to, to move with grit, because you can have grit as a mindset, which it is, as, as a way of thinking, but if you can't execute, if, you, if your body can't cash those checks, that your mind writes, what good is grit? So what I do is to become very disciplined on a diet. And I hate to use the word diet, but it's a way, now it's a lifestyle. So what I'm gonna do, Matt, is get up every morning, I'm gonna eat three eggs, whole eggs, and cholesterol's not gonna bother you. Uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of egg whites, maybe two, some avocado, a little bit of oatmeal, because I have to feed my brain. So I'm gonna start the day with good sources of clean carbohydrate, good sources of clean, lean protein, and I'm off, and I'm running, and I'm ready to exercise that grit. Every two and a half hours, I'm eating small meals. You have to keep feeding that brain. You have to feed the brain, because when you critically think, you start to burn calories. Mm. You burn calories, you go into that willpower depletion, and every deal will look good to you. Yeah, don't One awesome. rule we have in our company, don't make a big decision after four o'clock. Because you know what? You come in, you're beaten That's down. Awesome. And it's yeah. like, it's the reason last night we didn't have chocolate cake come to the table because we would have eaten it. We were all... 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but the only reason I didn't yeah. have it was because you were there. If you weren't there, I would have had <laughs> we're it. So we're working on yeah, that. We're, we're good for each other. But I mean, let, let's just get into a little bit of your background so, so the audience gets a better understanding. I mean, th as we talked about last night, and I know through our friends, uh, Hank Norman and mm -hmm. Steve Carlos, that, that I know a little bit of your background, but let's share a little bit. I mean, you grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then I don't like to tell the person's background in an interview. I would much rather have you describe it so it, it gets the justice that it deserves and your interpretation of it, not yeah. mine. Yeah, no, you know, I think like seeks like, and I think that's the reason why I really like you because we have some similarities in our background. And we both came from what I would say maybe a lower middle income background, maybe lower middle class at the time, that, that level in strata. My father was a disciplinarian state policeman my mother was a very compassionate nurse. You know, she, R, she just had that RN ethic inside of her. She was born that way. Mm. Florence Nightingale. <laughs> you know, just very much so. Yeah. And my father, it was an ideal, an ideal childhood. I'm the eldest of, of four. We had a Mark Twain ride horses, learn how to fish and hunt Western Pennsylvania existence. 
And my father then suffered from alcoholism. It really manifested it itself later when I was in 14, 15 years old. And it really put a sense of uncertainty and fear throughout the house. So much so that as we walked home, yes, in snowbanks up to our derriers from school, we would have that trepidation about opening the door because the uncertainty of what you would find. You, know, you didn't know if it was the, uh, the mean drunk, passed out drunk. Or, or the happy drunk, and it was one of those, one of those things that I remember to this day. That feeling of uncertainty and fear. But I rebelled. I went the other way. So he was a disciplinarian. Um, he was very rigid. Had to have short hair. I went the other way, Matt. Mm. Grew my hair, smoked cigarettes, went to work in the local factory. <laughs> said, "Screw school. I ain't going to school, man. We just be cool, hang out with my friends at the watering holes, and I'm just going to drink and just hang out." Well, I got really scared straight doing that. Because every day, punching in, punching out, walking up in the dark, going to work in a factory and punching three holes in a piece of wood every day. How old were you when this me. was going on? 19. Like, so this was after high school. 19 after So you high didn't school. have aspirations for college? No. I wanted to go the other way. You did. Then I got scared straight into yeah. college. Yeah. Got a chance. Yeah, yeah. And both, of, both my parents, and I will say this in a moment of sobriety, called me into the garage, my, my father and my mom by his side, and said, we'll give you one shot. We're going to send you to school. But if you F this up, you're on your own. No kidding. I always remember, and I think this is important. Uh, you have to, I think, remember that fear or that feeling of something in your past to be able to really find oh. part of the fuel to go forward. You know, Look, you said something last night over dinner that really resonated with me. You said the more successful people get, the often the worse their childhood memories are, right? Yeah. And you, you talk about that. I mean, I completely relate with what you were just talking about. You're talking about this feeling of this scared, this in uncertainty. Yeah. I had the exact same feeling. My adopted dad would whistle very loud. He had a very loud whistle, and he would whistle to songs. And, and we lived on a street that had a dog leg to the left. And you could hear that whistle coming up the street before the dog yeah. leg. And you knew that your day was over. Yeah. You knew that he was coming home. And the, the security that my mother had created was about to completely yeah. implode. And, and, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking yeah. about it right now. It's yeah. no, powerful stuff, man. No, I was getting them as well, talking with you. And, and I said, you know just relaying the story because that is powerful stuff. Mm. You know, just, just being able to, the senses are on overload. You talk about hearing and then it goes to a whole physical manifestation. Total. It's the same, it, you know, it, it, when there's no place of respite in life to go to, I mean, yeah. that's a tough place. For me, it created tremendous anger and, mm. and I was able to harness that anger. I used it in sports um, and I used it in life and in business. I, you know, we can refer to it as yeah. grit, maybe in a more formal yeah. fashion. But the reality was I was pissed all the time. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and that came from events that I yeah. saw my adopted dad do that as a young kid, you don't know how to handle it. Right. So you, you swallow and you get mad mm -hmm. and, it, um, and it fuels you or, or it can kill you. 
Yes. Right? Some oh, people go the opposite direction. You can't. And, and I, I feel, felt the exact same thing. I, I felt this tremendous anger. Mm. And I took the anger and I used it to go after the competition. So I wanted to, <laughs> not literally, but I wanted to behead all of totally. the competition. Very angry at everybody totally. and everything in my way. They go, they go fire. Wow. Until I, one day I got it. And I thought, you know what? The, the competition it is competition for a reason. And we can work this together. I don't have to be as angry inside because what's happening is Matt's just burning me down. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing I think I can say is that the ghosts of the past are controlling my future mm -hmm. and my present. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't about to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that was important because if you let those ghosts in your past, those people who wronged you or the people that you were, you're, made you fear or did those things to you, if you let them keep controlling your life, then you're not living your life. You're living some life vicariously. That's well said. I mean, I think the quote that connects to that is it's not the bite that kills you, it's the venom, right? That's a write down. I just, <laughs> no, that's a write down. Uh, boy, oh that. boy. That's a good one. <laughs> now that one's been around. I, read, I, I don't that think I saw Texas. that one on social. It must but... be Texas, man. That's not California. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, so Bill, you harnessed all of this energy, this this mm -hmm. positive and negative, mm -hmm. and you went into in the insurance business, right? By default, I needed a job. Mm -hmm. So I got out of school. I, I kept going to school. I, I fell in love with it. So I kept going to school, got my master's degree, and came out and thought, I'm going to be a manager. You know, the world now, I'm entitled, right? What <laughs> happened when you got your master's degree? Your parents must have just, they, they must have been one of the most proud moments of their lives. You want me to just uh, keep with that venom, or do you want me to try to, try to extract it? Here, th this is what it was like. My father was laying in bed and he said, you didn't really get your master's degree. And I threw it up in the bed and said, yes, I did. And walked out of the room. And, and so it wasn't uh, a band going through the streets for Billy, who was the C student in high school, all of a sudden had gotten to the top of the mountain. It was like, you really didn't do that, did you? Oh, my so, God. Yeah, it was kind of, that's... that's he, he wasn't like, we gave you the one shot, Bill, and you took it. You no, it's did. like, you really didn't do that. Holy You've never smokes. finished anything in your life, so you didn't, you didn't finish that as well. So that... That's my memory of that. We were, we were talking. You, you and I were talking last night about exhuming, bringing up those past memories yeah, that we forget about. Totally forgot you know? them. And we start getting to moments like this, and all of a sudden they start coming out. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great thing because it makes us more um, real. And I think people can connect with a lot of that because there's so much in other people's lives mm -hmm. that people tend to put that armor over and maybe hide and never really face. I think early in our careers, you, you, you're terrified too of yeah. of not being the perfect company for the client, right? And then scale kicks in if you're fortunate enough yeah. to get scale like you have and I have, yeah. and and then you realize it's a huge marketplace. Yeah. I don't want to please everybody. I need raving fans. I need a thousand yes. or whatever that number is of crazy customers yes. who want to do business with us. And so moments like this. Um, are real, man. I mean, yes. we got I, my clients are truckers and construction guys. They, they didn't come from Silver yeah. Spoon upbringings either. They yeah. had tough fathers too. Yes. They, they, so, so these are moments where we're not talking about closing deals. We're talking about right. we're talking about being better business owners. Yes. Better people. Yes. You know, better people. I I, th I think that we're in fear of being less than and less than to ourselves. You know, we at a certain point I had to validate myself to some of those people in my past to say, I am good enough. So that consumed me and it drove me right to the top of the sales boards at a Fortune 500 company, right to the top of the, of the sales leadership boards at another company. But that kind of anger was also, to me, 
I was losing myself as a person. It was almost uh, self-defeating because I was having, I had no happiness in my life. What it was, was your health combat. like then? Were you, were you taking care of your health? Were you always working out and eating right during no, that time? No, I wanted to get bigger. I thought bigger was better, so I just ate. I got up to about 265 but pounds. But you worked out. You were trying to lift heavy no, weights at that time? I was trying to lift houses, you yeah. I, I thought, you know, <laughs> the more I can lift, the, 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 the more. <laughs> the more I'll close. <laughs> the, the more deals I'll close. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't always work that way. So you got up to like 250? About 255, 260, maybe a little more than that. No. No joke. But I did it, but I had to try. I used to have to drink gallons of milk. I used to have to eat all of this meat. I used to have to just keep on eating to the point where you just, I know people are going to start getting, uh, they're going to get to the restroom right now. Pizzas, everything. I just wanted to keep eating to get bigger. And I wanted 20 and a half inch arms cold. I got it, but my waist was probably exponential. You know, it's just probably 50 inches. So I got big. And now you weigh what? What's your weight? 190. 190. Yeah. And and there's one other segue on this because we talk about image and suits and and what we dress like or look like. We talked about this last night. I started out with a corduroy suit, a black tie. Couldn't tie it. My brother had to tie it for me. That's all I had. And people used to make fun of my clothes. So you always wear the same suit every day. And I saw this in grit. And you're driving the same car. Aren't you embarrassed because you have a, a station wagon with no hubcaps? It's oxidized, and you're pulling up next to Rolls Royce, and you know you're pulling up next to Porsches, and you're trying to sell these people. I found this that you're going to attract the type of client that really is attracted to you as a person inside. And this is an image because I, I like to wear this kind of a suit, but believe me, it ain't me. Mm. When I get home, I had to actually shave for you today. <laughs> when I get home, I'm in shorts at best. All right, but people can see through the veneer and the facade, and they're going to work with people they like, people that are like them, or people they want to be like. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah, but success does breed success. It does. And it attracts that people want qualified clients want to do business mm. with qualified salespeople. They, they don't want to do business with the broke guy because they know mm. yep. that that mindset isn't going to match up. You just mentioned the trillion dollar word in sales, the one that will just drive sales managers crazy, qualified. You've got to have a qualified customer. Most people confuse a conversation mm-hmm. with having a qualified opportunity or customer. You have to have a quality and qualified customer that appreciates the person that is Matt Monero, mm-hmm. the person that is Bill Woodage, not the concept of can you save me a dime. You're going to have those. They're necessary. Got it. But over the long haul, you probably want less of those and a whole lot more of the qualified ones. Look, let's talk about how money played into your career mm-hmm. because eventually after mm-hmm. you rose up the ranks mm-hmm. um, and and top dogs in both of those environments are very well paid. I'm a huge yeah. freakazoid for making sure you find the right platform <laughs> if money is part oh, of it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there is a lot of money in insurance. There's a lot of money in anything yeah. banking and finance. Yeah. But, you know, I always say like the, 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 the poor guy who's working at Subway who has the dream of the Lambo. Yeah. It's never going to work. Right. It's the wrong platform. So you got to find. So you clearly latched on, and you said there is money here. If I yes. win, if I excel, if yes. I become the top, there's I, I get the rewards. You know, you just mentioned platform. I call it environment. Mm. You have to have the right aptitude. It doesn't matter. Your attitude's essential, but it's not the only thing. If you don't have an aptitude totally. for what you're doing, you're not going to make any money. <laughs> you're not. You're going to just have frustration. I or, couldn't. Or if the or if the platform or you call it the environment doesn't offer it. Doesn't offer the money. You could be the best in the lousy comp plan. That's right. I. You're right. And I. I fell in love with the people and the process, the art of the deal mm-hmm. of, of working at the highest end of the insurance industry. And it was corporate insurance, so people had to buy the product. They had to buy it once a year. And the premiums they paid in what I did were extremely high. So the compensation 
yeah. followed. Yeah. And I, I loved it for the people, but I cashed the checks and built a lifestyle upon it because money is the lubricant upon which our society is founded. But how did you, how did you skill up to be yeah. the top producer? I mean, really, when, yeah. when did the light bulb go off that said, look, were, were you ever yeah. a lousy producer in that space? Or was no. it just in your DNA I, and you, no, you skilled? Sucked. Oh, you did? You're going to bring up the F word now, right? I failed. <laughs> I, failed. I failed. I failed in my first 13 times. I mean, I was trained. I came to, this is the first time I came to Dallas. I was a kid. I came here to Dallas. They trained me. They trained me in six or seven different cities with Liberty Mutual. And they taught me how to qualify, how to open probe, close probe, all Get these referrals. things. Yeah, all these things where I had to start thinking instead of just acting and reacting, and I sucked at it, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can say that word on here, but I, I was terrible. You want, buddy. I was it's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> all right. So I failed in my first 13 times, and every time I failed, I felt that I was getting closer to learning because I would start to adjust. Matt, you got to adjust. You got to be flexible. You got to be agile. You got to be open to the learning experience. If you keep trying to shove your way and your way ain't working, you better do something different. But you where, did you have a big different. hit or did you just have lots of little wins that over time built up or did you have one big pop and you said, whoa. I started out selling $300 floral shops. $300. That's all it was. <laughs> well, you saw floral shop as a niche yeah, and yeah. you said, hey, these, <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. I believe there's no, riches and niches. Uh, okay, but it's like basketball. No, they shoved me in the most poor section of Richmond, Virginia to say, this is where your limits are. You can sell $3 million, $4 million, $6 million policies. But no, we want you to learn and cut your teeth on floral. So I started to write a couple, and I just just because it's my nature as a rebel, I walked by one of these producers' desks, grabbed a sheet, had a big account on it, huge account, one they could never get into. I just called it. I kept calling it and calling it and calling it, and I got in. Here's a game changer for me, and I think every one of your listeners, every one of your watchers will have one of these as they drive up towards success. Sitting there with suits from Atlanta who came in because it was too big of a deal for me to work, and it was. The buyer pushed away and said, the reason you boys are here is because of that boy. And I knew I could do it. That's nice. And from there, it was no more floral shops. I went after the biggest. Huh. Everybody, Matt, puts their pants on the same way. It yeah. sounds trite, but it's true. We yeah. all have the same bathroom habits. Don't let someone steal your self-esteem and make you think that because of their title, uh, because of what they make or drive, that they're better than you. Just don't do that. I talk to the guys in the office all the time. I tell them, listen, I'm not saying don't work with small fleets, yeah. right? Fleet vehicle guys. But it takes just as much time for yep. your support staff yep. to do a one-truck deal as it does a hundred-truck deal. Think about basketball. You know, you're going to shoot a free throw uh, in a playground somewhere out here in Texas. You can go to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's the yeah. same distance yeah. to the freaking love rim, that. and it's the same freaking flow, and it's the same form. Yeah. Just is. I can't shoot free throws. I love I mean. that, man. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then you decided to leave, though, and you said, "I'm going to go do my own gig." I'm a you rebel took again. The entrepreneurial move, because by the way, I have a very uh, hard opinion on that. I do not yeah. believe people need to be in business for themselves to get rich. I do not no, believe it. I call them intrapreneurs, where For they sure. can actually learn yeah. inside of a company and make. And do, I, I, yeah, I've had guys make seven figures work, working with me. Listen, number fifty at Facebook is doing just fine, right? It, it, no, you're, you're right. There was a different, different drive for me. I needed to validate myself and see how good I really was. That's all it was. I could have fallen on my face, but people were telling me. 
You know, you should do it. You should well, do it. You should well, do it. Well, you're number one at this company, but it's the name of the company. You're number one at this company, but you know they're the sixth largest in the world, so you have a name. And I thought, you know, they're right. I need to take down the net. I need to get up on that wire. And let me see if I can do this on my own because I'm never going to be able. The one thing you never want in life is regret. And I used to play it forward and say, in the in the future, if I don't do this, will I regret it? Mm. If I don't do now what I probably won't be able to do then, am I going to have those pangs of regret? From my childhood and what I dealt with, I wanted to go all in and show yeah. those ghosts in my past that I could do it as much as show myself I could do it. That's yeah. why I did it. And that was it. So, so you it, left. Man. Did you take a that team, or did you start from zero again? I started with two people, a bunch of debt, a big lawsuit because you just can't take millions of dollars <laughs> from those big companies. So it was the, you know, what did Churchill say? It's always darkest before light. Well, it's yeah, freaking dark, man. Uh, no, man. dark. I didn't know if we were going to make it. I, yeah, I was just it was saying that. to someone, yeah, this morning, Bill. I was saying he was. I did a little mentoring session with him, and and you know he's thirty years old, and he's getting this investment group off the ground, all this stuff. I said, listen. Have you seen despair yet? And he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I said, no, I mean the devil yeah. looking at you, willing yeah. to, wanting to take everything from you. Yeah. I mean a black hole, yeah. and you see no bottom to that yeah. hole in your business. Have you seen that yet? He's like, no, man, I haven't seen that. I go, come back to me when you have, because then I can help you. Because if you haven't hit that level right. yet, you, you, you are playing on ether. You're not playing on grit and who you really are yet. You haven't been tested to see that. You give me so many great takeaways. I don't have to play this back and get them because playing but, with but playing I'm, on I'm, ether is I'm, great. I'm just playing off of you because you yeah. felt it. I mean, well, the way you just described it was what well, you saw darkness. Yeah, I call it looking into the abyss. And when and when you look into the abyss, you've heard this before, and nothing <laughs> looks back. You got, you got a problem. And, and you, you know what? What has to look back in the abyss is character, and, and it's got to be your character. And Matt, the biggest, most important thing has got to be your self belief. And your mm. self belief has to be steeled, and it has to be steeped in a certain confidence that comes from competence. You've got to be able to master the fundamentals of your trade. That's part of what we talked about with grit. You've got to master those fundamentals before you try to fly like Michael Jordan. So, Bill, you're really an academic guy too. I yeah. mean. Oh, yeah. You you believe in higher education, yeah. very high levels yeah. of education. You are yeah. a massive reader, so mm-hmm. so it's a mixture. But but you're also a massive doer, so it's a mixture of both. I think in your world, right? Well, here's what I what I will tell audiences. Isaac Newton, much to my dismay, right? He sat on a bed for days figuring out calculus. Now he didn't move; he was transfixed. So he was the thinker. Well, unfortunately, he got off the freaking bed and did it because I hate calculus. Okay, I hate math. I'm not very good at it. But he got off the bed and he did it. It's the synthesis of thinking and doing. And Matt, I've said this since yeah. I was since I started. The shorter the distance between a, a thought, a really good creative thought, and its decisive action, the greater the shot, the greater the likelihood of success in any endeavor. And the opposite is also true. Most people either think and don't do. Think too much waiting for perfect. Do without thinking. Think Custer went down that kind of a rash decision. But you got to be able to think and do. That is one of the biggest difference makers right there. And street smarts and book smarts, that synthesis creates the ability to do both. That's the difference. But if you had to pick, are you going to pick think or are you going to pick do? Man, that's the first time anybody ever asked me that. I'm going to have to go do because I can mess it up, do, 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 and yeah. do it again. I got If go I'm just thinking that. I'm sitting in a room, I ain't doing nothing. But do can only scale so big. It only scale so big. You got to think. 
You have I mean, to put the. Thing. I don't know if that's a trick question, but no, I, I would do one of it right after do do. And then you're I'm gonna not think, much of a thinker. I'm not going to think question. for me. Said Bill, you should be doing that right now. I'm going to redo my entire studio because I love this one. Uh, this is fantastic. that sounded like a backhanded compliment, Bill. I, I wish <laughs> I could have thought ahead enough to have come up with a with a loaded question. <laughs> no, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> so I mean, look, I believe, Bill. That there are so many people who are not willing to pay enough of a price to get to the right level of success. I know it sounds trite, right? Larry Wingate says, if you know, if you want success, tell me what you're willing to give up. I'm not so sure I believe in what you have to give up. I really believe in pain, and 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 I'm not so sure that it's a um, it's something for everybody. I just think most people just can't go there. No, in ancient. Greek mythology, and, and the Spaniards as well. This is part of the stuff I learned in school that, that's still useful to me. The commanders burned some of the boats. So the men would see plumes of smoke and knew there was only one way, and that's always forward. Plug from my book. But it was always forward. You had to keep moving forward. And if you're not invested in what you're doing, someone comes to work with you, and they tell you, Matt, I can do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. But they don't really know what it is yet, yeah. and they sure as hell don't know what it takes because they're not in it yet. Yeah. They haven't burned their boat. you got to burn your boat. No, there's no option B, and you just got to keep moving. That's where the pain is, and that's where the gain is. Big guy, you told me last night, most people live with a foot on a dock yeah. and a foot on a boat. And Absolutely. Just, I've already used it in this office today. Absolutely. Yeah. Think, think about that, and really feel this metaphor. Feel this one. There's a, there's a dock of certainty where there's comfort, there's the known. The view really never changes. And if you're comfortable with that job, with that life, and you really don't want for more or don't believe you can have more, stay on the dock, man, because that's where you belong. Yeah. But there's a boat of opportunity that's leaving every second from that dock. You've got to jump on that boat, prepared, and jump. And knowing, hey, there's risk, there's pirates, there's, you could run into a, to rocks. But that's the only place reward and change exists. It's through that intelligent risk. Matt, burn them. Foot on the burn duck, em. foot on the boat. It's leaving. You end up in the water. Sharks, Damn, fox, jellyfish, baby. That's Just it. And if it ends cold. right there, it's better than staying on the dock. Burn it up. Because, because there's no regret. There's no you got to go and no regret. The worst thing is to sit in the park bench and regret when you're 90 years old thinking, man, I should have done that thing. Yeah, I don't have a lot of that percolating. I feel like I've had the chance to, and, I, and I've taken a lot of the risks that I've wanted to, and uh, and it feels so much better to do that. It does. Because if uh, for you, I think, in talking with you last night, after I was picking up those 20s on the floor, well, it's one twenty. It's a bunch of ones, really. It makes it like a whole baller wallet, right? It's like a baller, man. It's got like a hundred, like it a bunch, bunch of ones. actually looked like it was the ballet tip. That's what I thought was going to happen with it. <laughs> now I forgot where I was going for the first time in any kind of show I've ever done in my life. Thanks for throwing me off. <laughs> Thanks for just completely lost it. Well, Rudy, I see you acknowledging me, so we must have, uh, we must be coming to the end of the oh, show. Man, this is fun. Bill, I want to thank you. Let's talk about where people can find you. I know we've got one book, Always Forward is Your Mindset, right? I mean, right. that's your mantra. I love that mantra. Please. It works in so many different situations. That's the name of your first book, right? Right. It's the name of the first book, and, and I'm working on one now, Fail More, which is uh, hopefully to follow in the footsteps of yours. I don't want to give anything away, but with a, with a big publisher, I think that's where we're going with that one. And it's going to be a book on failure, Fail More, so that's going to be of interest. And you can catch me at BillWoodich.com. You can get a hold of me there. Uh, be Woodich and all the Twitter 
handles W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H, social media, I'm all over it, just like you are. And watch on Steve Harvey. When's your next Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey? I've got I've done three of them. I, you know what, I was pacing around on February 13th in a hotel room. If you don't know what the 14th is of February, you, you probably shouldn't go home without roses, okay? It's Valentine's Day, there I am pacing around doing Steve Harvey on Valentine's Day. It was my first one, I've done three. Love it. Now he's moved to L.A., so we'll see what, how we play out for the new season. Oh, that show used to be in Chicago, right? Used to be in Chicago. And now it's in L.A.? Now it's in L.A. Oh, it's a shorter drive from yeah, L.A. Let's see how we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, tell me, tell me. Yeah, always you, you, you go on Steve Harvey's show um, in, in what genre? To talk to people about yeah. the power to move forward or to fail more? What's yeah. the mindset yeah, that you A little bit of both. You know what? A little bit of both. It, it kind of is a marriage, actually, of failing and moving forward because it is the marriage. There is no moving forward without failing. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to fail when you start moving forward. So on Steve Harvey, he was really talking to an audience member with him. So I'm sitting next to him, which was a great, great experience. I mean, just the presence of the man, uh, the, the abilities of that, the genius that he makes look easy. When you're yeah. sitting next to him, no, no. I mean, it is a whole nother level, seriously. But you're talking with an audience member about a real problem they have and trying to move them through the problem by having them look at something a certain way, having them understand that this part of risk and reward is a part of life. And then maybe you're talking with the, the last one was mentoring a, a young boy who was doing really well in school. I wanted to say, my God, if I had done that while my parents would have been jumping through the roof, who's doing really well, who the mom wanted him to do more. Yeah. And really mentoring the kid on, you know, put, put do this, try this. It, it, it's just such an enriching was the experience. Mom, in the well, mom was sitting right there looking so, at so, so, so were, were you talking to the kid or were you talking, talking to both of them? Yeah. And, that, you know, and they're sitting there in the couch and, and I said, you, you, maybe you got to acknowledge you have a pretty good kid no here. Yeah. But it's just a fun uh, a fun show. It was uh, it was great doing this great experience. And if it never happened again, I always say this, if it never happens again, man, it was a trip. It's great. People people don't realize how busy Steve Harvey is. I mean, that guy is a machine. Hardest working man in, uh, in show business. Right. Five shows? I think five, 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 shows. five shows. I mean, he is a yeah. machine. Yeah. And, and to have that energy. Yeah. Oh. Just the, the stamina to stay in the game and yeah. care enough to be doing it. I mean, it's a machine. But to think back at my first ride and the pride I had. I had my girlfriend in the passenger seat. I had my, my boom box in the middle because the car had yeah. no radio. I had my tears for fears on, my arm around yeah. it cruising. That's all I needed. Yeah. That's all I needed. Was I it, pacer. Wasn't it? You know what? We didn't know when it was fun. You know, let me say something that I don't want to embarrass you with this, but I thought it was one of the best, one of the best things I've seen in any on social media. A lot of people knock on my door to this day, and they look for one thing from me. They they're not looking for the million dollars. They're looking for another M. They're looking for mentorship. Mentorship is really just parenting turned inside out. Your parenting on that letter. Where can where can the listener, the 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 viewer? find that letter you wrote to your son which was magnificent in every level of this is what we told you this is what we did here's the expectation and maybe you want to look at it this way as you're going through life I didn't I didn't think it through like that that it would it has had a lot of uh, people have been very gracious about the comments it's on my Facebook feed at Pat Monero um, and uh, yeah it was it was one of those letters that took uh, six minutes to write it was just, it just, from the heart, it just went, it was just done, and, um, and, you know, <clears throat> without, John, my oldest, I have three boys, my oldest, uh, when we got back to our house, he read that letter in front of all of us, my wife, John, and, and, and my other two boys, and we all sobbed, yeah. we all 
cry. For me, it takes me back to the, those those despairing days, Bill, where, where the idea that I would ever achieve success to be able to do that was impossible. It, it was so, it was so out of the realm of possibility. And now you look back on it and you say, "My God, I couldn't even dream that big. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. even dream to be able to, yeah. to, to, right? It was such small yeah. thinking. You touched on it earlier, and then we got away from it. But I didn't." Who, who was to teach you? you? It came when you talked about the corduroy suit. Who, who did we have that was supposed to tell us? I remember my wife and I, we bought a house when we first got married. And, and the realtor was saying, well, you could remodel this, the kitchen, you put granite countertops. I said, what's granite countertops? Yeah. I, didn't know, I, I didn't know anything about it. No one took me under their wing ever to show me the ropes. Right. And that, that, that was such a shame. Yeah. So thank you for saying that about my letter to my son. But the reality is, I don't want him to have to learn that crap that took me so long to learn. I wanted to see but it. But your question is, who was it that was to teach us that? You know, and, and I think that's the great thing about what we're doing today. What you and I do, we talked about this over dinner. What our purpose is and how we are really determined, as sappy as it may sound, but we're doing it every day, to really influence lives yeah. where, where we can and make that difference that we really never had people do for us as we, when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, it's a great mission. It's a great mission. My friend, I, I thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to hang out with you. There's only one thing left to do, Brady. we got to sign the booth, man. we got to get you in and sign the booth. That's it. Bill, I appreciate it very much. I look hey, man, forward to staying down the road. Okay? Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.